What made him this way? What is the attraction? What keeps us fascinated? This is the story of Chris Chan. My name is uh, Christian Chandler, age 22 at this time. I will be 23 on February 24th, 2005. <clears throat> anyway, for uh, over a year now, I've uh, been trying to attract an 18 to 22 year old boyfriend free girl, 18 to 21 before February 24th, 2004, which is this year. Anywho, been trying for over a year to attract a girl, boyfriend free girl, and I have failed. And you know, when you got when you had so much so many failures at this time, you can't help but feel sad, you know, and depressed. And yet here it is about Christmas time. And well, all I want for Christmas is a boyfriend free girl. Chris prepares for Christmas two thousand four by singing two of his songs for the camera. He performs So Need a Cute Girl. Tell me why. I so need a cute girl my age. Followed by All I Want for Christmas is a Pretty Girlfriend. All I want for Christmas is a girlfriend. Oh, she has to be 18 to 22. Well, at this time of year, all I can say right now is that I hope Santa will comply with my request and bring me a pretty girlfriend. And so, happy holidays from me, Christian Chandler, by the way, you can call me Chris in public. And thank you. Christian whipped his camera out for Christmas Day too, and documented the state of the house at that time. Twas Christmas Day, and all through the house, the creatures that were stirring for my family and me and our two cats. And we wander upon our wondrous Christmas tree with a star that was made so delicately. Delicately? The star on top of the tree is in fact Sonichu. Chris reveals that his dreams were dashed that day. And a Christmas present that was supposed to be for the girlfriend that Santa brought. But unfortunately, she didn't show. Chris introduces his audience to his parents. And now we wander in on my family. Say hello, Father. Uh, yeah. Making our Christmas movie. I see you're wasting your chip. Well, I'm gonna play on to VHS anyway. I see. Alright. A smaller Christmas tree down here. Yeah. And our mother is asleep here in the dark area. Would you care to share a Merry Christmas with the world, Father? The tour puts a spotlight on the extent of the hoarding situation in the house, as Chris visibly has trouble navigating through the hoard. Can you say something to the entire world? Merry Christmas. Yep. After the tour, Chris documents the gift exchange, revealing the interpersonal dynamics of the family. Okay, yeah, it's recording. So, here we are around the Christmas tree. We're gonna open presents. Right, right. Chris presents Bob with a card. Hi, Daisy. Yes, read it. Am I supposed to read it out loud? Yeah. Read, read, read to Mom. 
I want to thank you all for your support and love throughout my fantastic uh, love quest. And if Santa doesn't bring me one, no Chris, no Thomas. Like I asked him, then I'm going to need some support finding a boyfriend free. It'll come, Christian. Hope you all like my presence. Okay. Today I'm thinking of Christmas and remembering you all. Merry Christmas, Christian C. Yep. Christian gives Bob the option of receiving the puppet TV show Fraggle Rock on DVD or on VHS. After Christian discreetly implies that he wants to keep the DVD for himself, Bob caves in and chooses to take the VHS. Yes. So you want the VHS? Yeah. There you go. I'm not much for the other DVD. Why do we have it on both? I gave him a choice, remember? You remember the original white DVD? Yeah, it's a Rock, Father. That's what's on there. I see. Everything that's on the DVD is on that VHS. Uh, yeah, it just worked better in my system. Yeah. Chris presents Barbara with a Lego set. Snowboarding stuff. He gives her a plush doll of the Japanese character Hamtaro. Look okay, at you, Hamtaro. That's cute. Yeah. Thank you. Who is he? It's a Hamtaro. He's a little hamster. He's a little, little bitty hamster. The family discuss the possibility of a surprise visit from Sarah. Oh, that's my present for Sarah. Because, uh, you know, she, she might come over. Okay. Well, she did last year, remember? Chris attempts at an embrace with his mother, but ends up hurting her instead. Mm. Here, oops, I'm oh. sorry. Don't work my head. I'm sorry. He does it again. Two boxes together here. I'm sorry. Chris gives Barb another present, a snow globe with him in it. Snow globe with me in it. Merry Christmas, Robert. It's also got it's also got Sanchu in it. Look, see, you know, one side Sanchu on the other. That's cool. I got it over at Walmart. The snow globe. How about that? It's cool. Yeah, that's neat. Merry Christmas. Yep. Merry Christmas. Now we can go back downstairs where it's warm. Snappy New Year. Yeah. Snappy New Year, huh? Not only count. Yep. After the gift unwrapping. Christian went back to his room to record a video recapping the events. Well, now this ends our family Christmas of 2004. I did get some nice gifts, but it does not compare to having a boyfriend-free girl that I could make it to a girlfriend. <sighs> uh, but unfortunately, I was hoping for her to come, but she didn't. My, my uh, lifelong friend, Sarah Hammer, You know, if she had not been paired up with that jerk, Wes Isley, I could have her. But seriously, though, I wish she was here so that I could talk to her and so she could help me in my quest to get a boyfriend-free 18, 22-year-old girl. 18, 23-year-old, February 24, 2005. Well, anyway, uh, that pretty much uh, sums up my uh, Christmas season for this year. So, uh, as he's saying, showbiz. Goodbye, folks. As he entered 2005, 
Christian continued his tried and true tradition of pacing around the mall, hoping to attract a boyfriend-free girl. His activities quickly caught the eye of Anna McLaren, an employee of Pack and Son at Charlottesville Fashion Square, who described her encounter with him in a blog post titled, The Tale of the Crazy Pacer. There was a guy who paced in front of Abercrombie and Fitch. He'd come and do it for hours on end, just walking back and forth. He was an okay looking guy, not evil looking like creepy molester dude. So he would pace for his allotted time, then leave. Sometimes as he paced, he would sing or shout. Nobody really could ever tell what he was saying. Oh yeah, and he always wore the same shirt. A nice little long-sleeved red and blue number that had a gold crest on the left side and white collar and cuffs. Then, one day, he decided to start pacing on the pack sun side, so he started pacing in front of our store. We were doing floor set, and Lin Lin noticed that Crazy Pacer kept looking into Pac Sun as he paced. And this day, he was acting particularly crazy. He'd pace and pace, then stop and shout something at the wall, then keep pacing. And he also did some singing, even getting into the vibrato falsetto junks. It was hilarious. So anyways, someone, I can't remember who, suggested that the next time he looked in, we wave at him. So they waved, and Christian waved back. After some waving back and forth, Christian took the initiative and entered the store. He came right up to the counter that I was standing behind, and he looks right at me, all fidgety and twitchy, and he goes, You look to be about 19 years old, right? He then proceeded to introduce himself. My name is Christian, he said, but you can call me Chris. I'm Christian W. Chandler. Oh, I said. Hi, Chris. So, he continued, do angels have names? I found out later that he meant to say do angels like you have names. Poor guy was so nervous, he didn't get it right. Anna introduces herself, then Chris talks about eyes. My eyes are two different colors. One of them is green and the other is blue. That's because I had pink eye a while back and one of them stayed that way. What color are your eyes? I was pretty grossed out by the pink eye story, but I told him anyway. Sometimes blue, sometimes green, and usually gray. Oh, that's neat. It's funny how that happens, isn't it? Yeah, I said. He attempts to ask her out, but Anna declines. He eventually settles on the internet as a form for future communication between them. Christian came back and handed me a card with a crudely drawn Sonic the Hedgehog and some other yellow Sonic-looking creature on it, along with Christian's name, email address, and website. It was a homemade business card. That's my email address, and you can just email me sometime, okay? Okay, I said, not intending to email him at all. Little did either of them know, but this was the start of a friendship. But for the time being, Chris's contact with Anna was sparse. In February, Cartoon Network's Adult Swim Block held a contest which asked viewers to make their own commercial advertising the release of the cartoon series Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law Volume 1 DVD set. Christian sent in his own unique take in which he mentions his ongoing feud with Mary Lee Walsh. Hello! I hired Harvey Durban, attorney in law, to help me, Christian Weston Chandler, in my case against Mary Lee Walsh, who years ago shared my heart. And he has won the case for me and knew he had won for me a Harvey Birdman 2 disc DVD box set, which comes out April 12, 2005. He finishes with a brief promotion of his custom cards depicting himself and Sonichu. This is about Christian Chandler's Sonichu production. Regrettably, the winning entry did not feature Chris. In response, he vented his frustration at losing on the Adult Swim message board. My entry was very dramatic and a lot better than that piece of poo or any of the others that made the top five as well. I'm very upset about that. 
My Quick's Harpy Bird Demand spot was the best, and I feel sorry for you, Adult Swim, for not noticing that. You all should take another good look at it and seriously reconsider. In March, Christian published Sonichu, Issue Zero, his first full-length comic. The issue is further divided into episodes, much like a television show, with a different story in each one. Episode 1 begins in an open field five miles from the city of Station Square, in which a wild Pikachu observes fighting in the distance between Supersonic and the perfect Chaos Monster. Pikachu gets caught in the scuffle and collides with Sonic, the impact releasing a rainbow which lands on a girl Raichu 15 miles away, who then transforms into a hedgehog-like creature and calls herself Rosechu. Meanwhile, the Pikachu somehow inherited Supersonic's powers and changed form and joins Sonic in the battle, defeating the perfect Chaos Monster. He christens himself Sonichu. Christian himself interjects here and there. He draws himself having one blue and one green eye, as he had told Anna. His eyes are in fact different colors, but the difference is nowhere near as profound as in his illustrations. He then proceeds to introduce Quickville and reveals that he is also the mayor of said town. He then goes on to introduce all the main characters of the story, including Mary Lee Walsh. He saves himself for last, and devotes a full page to talk about Christian Weston Chandler. The next episode concerns Sonichu and Rose Chu meeting and quickly falling in love, sharing a kiss underneath a spray of fireworks. In episode 3, Sonichu confesses that he has a dislike for pickles, as does Christian in real life. This is followed by the introduction of the evil foe, Natesirk, whose name is simply Christian, backwards. After the battle is won, Mayor Chandler drives off in his car, carrying the Virginia vanity plate, Sonichu, identical to the one on his real-life car. It should be noted that Sonichu refers to Chris as his father, even though his creation has nothing to do with Christian. The comic ends with a sub-episode starring Chris in a story based on his run-in with the mall police. However, in this version, he clutches his medallion, says Electric Hedgehog Power, and transforms into Chris Chan Sonichu, who largely looks like a blue-colored Sonichu, making him look like the original Sonic the Hedgehog. Meanwhile, the Jerkop equips metal armor. Needless to say, Chris defeats him by cursing him into experiencing horrendous bad luck by using his Curse Yehameha attack. Towards the end of March, Hannah who worked at Starbucks in the Fashion Square, approached Christian during his near-daily pacing and asked him out on a date. After she left, I became very excited and oh my god all over. After calling mom and eating me nuggets, I lifted the chair with such cheer and grace and spun around with it like a dancer. Then I put it back where it was. I felt that my love quest had finally come to an end, and I so elated that my shattered heart had a full, fast recovery. I went to Starbucks, and we talked about basic things. I showed her my Stonichu scrapbook. She was very impressed. I gave her my email and both my phone numbers on a Stonichu site card, and she gave me her email address. I was very attentive as I took notes about her and maintained eye contact. As I left her, I gave her a double-take flirt. That was the rise, now here comes the fall. As I was sitting at my spot, thinking about future steps for later dates, Anna and Dana told me that when they talked to Hannah, she told them that she was setting me up in a prank. I could not believe it, so I found and asked Hannah. Sadly, it was true. Then in major shock, my heart shattered again by 85% and I let out a big no. 
His outburst of negation resulted in Chris getting banned from the mall again. He devoted the second sub-episode to this misadventure. Not long after, he completed his second Sonichu comic, Sonichu Issue 1. Pokemon's Giovanni teams up with Sonic villain Dr. Robotnik to create their own Sonichu in order to defeat the real thing. Unfortunately, a blunder causes Sonichu's DNA sample to get corrupted with Cherry Cola, producing an imperfect replica of our hero, called Black Sonichu, also known as Blachu. Blachu captures Rosechu, so Sonichu and Sonic team up to rescue her. After combating Blachu and the new Metal Sonichu, they eventually save Rosechu. The style of the comic became more text-heavy, with some conversations so convoluted that Chris numbered the lines in the order that they should be read. The following month, Chris's review for Sprung, a dating simulation game for Nintendo DS, was published in Nintendo Power. I originally bought the game because I needed some lessons on what to say to, or do for, a girl. To make a long story short, I developed a fear that all the pretty girls are already paired up with a boyfriend. I've dubbed this social phobia, noiophobia, after the Spanish word for boyfriend. Anyway, before Sprung, I was afraid to approach most women. FYI, I am 22 years old. I tried to silently attract a boyfriend-free girl, mostly with signs, for over one year and four months. Then Sprung provided me with general things to say and do, so I felt more confident. When I tried my newfound expressions from the dating simulator, I forgot my fear of the infinitely high boyfriend factor, and I met a couple of lady friends with whom I feel more comfortable. So thank you Nintendo and Ubisoft for the dating advice that this frustrated virgin needed. Christian C. On April 13th, a University of Virginia student wrote a blog post that included her observations of Christian, whom she renamed Sonichu, hanging around the Alderman Library. So Sonichu returned to Alderman today. I'm not sure what to make of him. He sits in his chair and draws his Sonichu comics. Harmless, I ask me. Yet I feel like he knows he's different. He knows that the world rushing in front of him is not his own, surrounded by the brightest students in America, whatever that means. He sits in his chair and draws. 23 years old. I'm not sure he even graduated high school. In front of him, texts of Plato, Faulkner, God, and Kleist's world. Does he have the capacity to understand these works? Whether he can or not, I am not sure. But there is something in his eyes that realizes that there is a level of understanding and thought that he is unable to partake in. As he slumps lower and lower in his chair, with each student he eyes reading or holding a book, he falls into himself, into the markers and colors on the page in front of him. He seems intelligent enough to understand that he does not understand, and that is the hardest part of all. In early May, Chris released Sonichu Issue 2. This marks a turning point in the comic as the story begins to focus on Christian rather than Sonichu. Episode 7 concerns the Antuant Prophecy. When Sonic explains the mysterious prophecy to Christian, Chris reaffirms that he is the creator and father of Sonichu. They enter the Destiny Cave and unknowingly release an ancient evil power. Chris also meets an ancient leader of the Cherokee clan, who reveals that Chris is his reincarnation. He is told that he has to unleash ancient powers to defeat the evil by using his Sonichu medallion to transform into Chris Chan's Sonichu. The story ends in a cliffhanger, with Sarah Hammer and Wes Eisley getting possessed by mysterious forces. Between episodes 7 and 8, Chris inserts an advertisement for Axe Body Spray, 
in which, ignorant of the societal norms of hygiene, unknowingly confesses that he believes that bathing makes people smell exceptionally nice to the point that people would compliment you and that using Axe body spray is just as effective as bathing. Episode 8 continues with Wes meeting his past self, who is a member of the Wasabi clan, and turns into Wesley Sonichu and vows to kill Chris. Sarah also sees a vision and meets the queen of the Cherokee clan, and transforms into Sarama Rosechu. Meanwhile, Chris Chan Sonichu accidentally transforms back into his human self, leaving him vulnerable to attack from Wesley Sonichu, who turns himself into a ball and goes for a flying attack, prompting this exchange from the protagonists. What the? Sonichu, run! You don't have to tell me twice, but during the Stone Age. Chris figures out that his attacker is Wes Isley, and confesses how jealous he is of him for being with Sarah, who is eavesdropping nearby. Wesley reveals that he only wants to steal the Cherokee crown. Chris changes into Chris Chan and fights Wesley Sonichu, who eventually knocks Chris out and steals the crown, which inexplicably just came into being. Before Wesley can finish him off, Sarama intervenes and fires a lightning bolt arrow at Wesley, pinning him to an unsacred tree. In the final episode, Sarah breaks up with Wes, who cries out no while shrugging. They learn that Quickville, which is a vibrant community with happy people, cool chicks, business, and a frustrated male, is under attack from a giant stone golem, which is under the control of Mary Lee Walsh and a mysterious talking orb. So Chris Chan, Sarama, and Wesley fly over there to fight them. The orb reveals itself as the ancient evil and announces that he is Count Graduon, who is a personification symbolizing the pain and sadness of Christian graduating from high school. The three heroes beat them off for a little while, but Walsh and Graduon escape, vowing to fight another day. In the epilogue, Christian and Sarah chat on the couch, and unfortunately for Chris, she reveals that she has found herself another boyfriend named William, and thanks Chris for being a great friend. Christian dedicates an entire page to Sarah Hammer, his lifelong friend, and offers some highlights of their time together. Currently, I don't get to see he as much as I did, because she found herself a boyfriend while I was in Richmond. But I often wonder how she is, and if she is happy with him. I share my troubles with her in my illustrations, letters, and over the phone. I always appreciate the little moments I have with her. The final page is a call to action for all Sonichu fans, in which Chris expresses his wish to have Sonichu produced into a bona fide franchise by Nintendo America. The comic concludes with sub-episode 3, which is a dramatic reimagining of Chris's conflict with Mary Lee Walsh, who is the head of the private villa of Corrupted Citizens, the base of operations for the villains in the Sonichu universe the name of which is derived from the acronym of Piedmont Virginia Community College. With Sonichu Issue 2, Christian comes closer to blurring the line between real life and his comic book world, creating his own reality. In Sonichu's News Dash Issue 9, Chris announced that he will attend the Anime Mid-Atlantic Convention in Richmond, Virginia on all three days. Since he has put himself into Sonichu's world, he will cosplay as himself. Talk about self-respect, huh? Also, he will be watching some of the good anime, getting some souvenirs, participating in some of the events, and just having a good time. Also, he will have some printed copies of Sonichu Premiere Issue 0 on hand. But if you want a collectible copy, you will have to find him and ask for one. He stayed two nights alone in a hotel room, and during the convention, he handed out copies of Sonichu Issue 0 to unsuspecting attendees. 
On June 22nd, Christian recounted the events of the past two days. I had my setup at the McDonald's at Walmart, and apparently complaints were made. The two manager jerks, or manager jerks, a senior comic, and a black fat jerk. He looked a lot like the leader of the jerk cops at the mall, whom I refer to now as the jerk chief, approached me and took me for a fall with my trying to find a boyfriend-free girl, like I have been doing for the past over one year and ten months. We argued and disputed until the two of them left to call the police. While they were gone, I had taken off the sign from my Nintendo DS and hidden it on the back cover of my diary. When the jerk cops came, they were all like, what seems to be the problem? And the married Sanor comic was like, where's the sign? And I was, what sign? And another argument was had between the four of us in which I never gave any of those jerks eye contact because none of them deserved it. So. I got kicked out from the McDonald's, not the Walmart, for the rest of the day. Now for what happened today, I was starting to set up my things and the bee manager was getting in my face. I feel that he really hates me. And he was like, don't set up your stuff, don't push me. I was not going to use the Nintendo DS sign today anyway, but he did not want my pixel block sculptures at all. I stood up against that manager. I continued to build and I dictated my situation into his face with a song and dance. He went up to the Walmart manager and he was like, hey, let's talk. But I sat silent for a minute, then I said to him, I do not speak to any man other than myself because they all have taken all the pretty girls, leaving me with none. Verbal combat had started and during the fight, I ran off, still giving verbal punishment as well as the finger and many kursiehamehas. I nearly backed up onto him with my car, and I gave him another finger, then I dashed off. Now I feel sad, because I've nowhere else to go to attract a boyfriend-free girl, and I feel very furious with those managers and all men other than myself and my father. Chris began believing that there was a conspiracy involving all the men in his town. They all are against me in finding a girlfriend of my own, but I will not give up on my long and tedious love quest. I'll find a new attraction spot, somewhere in Charlottesville, Virginia. There has to be at least one 18 to 23 year old boyfriend free, caring, smoke free, non-alcoholic, white girl out there somewhere. Chris dramatized this entire ordeal in sub-episodes 4 and 5, but his adaptation also featured the manifestation of his dream sibling, Crystal, his twin sister. A mere month later, he caused more trouble but this time at Target, where he sat waiting to encounter a boyfriend-free girl for hours, taking gross advantage of the free refills at his disposal. I was at the new Target store, just hanging around, not bothering anyone. And from out of the blue, these two managers asked me to leave because they said I was loitering. I was not. I was there hoping to find an 18 to 23 year old boyfriend-free girl like I usually do. Then from out of the blue, after I told them off, they came back with two jerk cops. I was slightly intimidated, but mostly annoyed and ready to strike back on them. They asked me to leave and never return. I did not want to leave. I would have left peacefully. In fact, I was ready to go, but I had a prepared speech to say to them stupid jerk cops. And during the middle of my speech, they chased me, pulled my pants and pinned me to the floor. Five jerk cops dogpiled on me as I struggled to get free. A thousand pounds of sausages on my 180 pound body was seriously a cutoff for my breathing flow. They handcuffed my wrists and legs, and they hog tied me. Not only did I feel humiliated from being the victim, 
but I was angry at them, not only for handcuffing me, but once again thwarting my efforts in trying to find a boyfriend-free girl. They drove me to the county jail, but fortunately, they did not keep me there. I was released to my family. Chris was charged with trespassing and disorderly conduct. It was terrible, but my mother and I are going to get back at them in court. In fact, I learned that the jerk cop who arrested me was called Baggett. That was the only thing about the situation that was hilarious. Replace the B with an F and you can see how funny it was. However, after attending two court hearings, the charges were dropped. This event was recreated in Sonic 2 sub-episodes 7 and 8. But in Chris's reality, he endured much greater torment and came out victorious in the end. Less than a week later, Chris had another run-in with the law. This time, a minor fender bender when he rear-ended the car in front of him. He was fined $30 and also paid $56 in court costs. In August, Christian returned to PVCC after the end of his one-year suspension. It was around this time that Anna announced that she was moving to Utah. Her announcement also somewhat coincided with her 20th birthday, so Christian and her friends organized a birthday-slash-farewell party for her, with Chris claiming that he picked out and bought the cake himself. Throughout August and September, Chris engaged in back-and-forth conversations via MySpace with two female students, Jelena and Lindsay, but despite all his efforts to meet with them, it ultimately came to nothing. In September, Chris finished Sonichu Issue 4, which was merely a compilation of sub-episodes 1 through 8. He claimed that his mother didn't want him making any more stories concerning his own life, so he obeyed and stopped making sub-episodes. In October, a user on a Sega forum began a discussion thread about Sonichu, in which members discussed the comic and Christian's personal antics. This was the earliest documented online discussion concerning Christian but the original SEGA forum hosting site has since been shut down and there is no known archive of the discussion chain. In November, Shoujo Beat, a manga anthology magazine, published Chris's letter which vaguely concerned the manga Absolute Boyfriend. Riko Izawa in Absolute Boyfriend sort of has the same problem I do. She can't get a guy and I can't get a girl. Here's my sitch. All the pretty girls are already paired up with some jerk, leaving me with none to choose from. Also, nobody can tell, off the bat, a paired up from a boyfriend-free girl. At first, it's equally hard for Rico to find a girlfriend-free boy, but then she is granted this wish, where she gets a girlfriend-free boy, although he is a robot, delivered to her doorstep. Lucky girl, I'm 23 years old. One would think I'd have gotten a girlfriend by now, but no, I haven't. I'm stuck in the situation where if my parents should pass away, I will be a very lonely virgin. Some months later, a fellow reader sent in a reply to Chris. Why is he only looking for pretty girls? There are plenty of girls who are not supermodel gorgeous whom he could date. It's not the outside of the package that counts, but the inside. A girl can be pretty on the outside, but might be mean or self-centered or have other problems. Whereas another girl could be plain or even ugly on the outside, but quite a beautiful, kind, intelligent person on the inside. If more guys would think about what qualities they look for in a girl and make sure those qualities don't just focus on her outer appearance, they might just find a girl to go out with. Otherwise, many girls will think, why bother, he'll just leave me for the next pretty girl he sees. Megan agreed with her sentiment. Chris's advances towards Megan intensified, as is documented in their emails. 
She declined giving out her phone number, and later in the same email, also declined his invitation to go out to our restaurant. In an email from December, she stated that she did not appreciate Christian trying to kiss her, and admitted that she is not interested in a relationship, but insisted they can remain as friends. She also confessed to accidentally discovering that he bought Megan a Nintendo DS, even though she had recently just gotten one herself. Through Megan, Chris was introduced to My Little Pony and Sailor Moon, with Megan providing him with some of her own fan art. He also began making his own custom My Little Pony figures, including one that he made using his own hair. As an adult male fanatic of My Little Pony, he preceded the so-called brony culture which would only begin to blossom around five years later. Megan also requested him to bid on a collection of World War II photos on eBay, of which Chris was the winning bidder. In 2006, Christian's online spending habits intensified, with Chris purchasing My Little Pony and Sailor Moon figures, pornography, and sex toys, among other things. In February of 2006, Christian finished drawing Sonichu Issue 3, which took seven months to complete. The comic begins with the origin stories of each member of the chaotic combo, whose eggs were created in and ejected from the rainbow as seen in episode 1. The green egg lands in the jungle. The electric hedgehog Pokemon that came out of it grows up to become Wild Sonichu. The blue egg lands in the ocean and is rescued by the Pokemon Swampert, which takes it to the beach just in time for it to hatch and become Bubbles Rosechu. The white egg lands in front of a church, and out of it hatches Angelica Rosechu, who is raised by nuns. Mystifyingly, after she evolves into her final form overnight, Christian is outside her window, bringing her a scrunchie and a pair of shoes as a gift. The red egg crashes into Nabe's dojoshin and hatches. For some reason, Nabe is compelled to rip off the Sonny's tail, causing him to instantly evolve into Punchy Sonichu. The purple egg hatches in a cave and the purple Sonny starts to telepathically communicate with the Pokemon Mewtwo, who decides to mentor it. For months, this mysterious mentor taught the Sonny how to hone his pores, lift objects mentally and physically, and what the outside world was like. Until one day, during meditation, the Sonny suddenly evolves into Magichan Sonichu. He then farts. The episode ends with a final bulletin which would have been more suitable for a televisual feast rather than a comic book. Stay tuned for when these hedgehogs meet. In the next episode, Blachu steals a master sunstone and through a comedy of errors is met with four of the chaotic combo. Eventually, the five-member troop teams up with Sonichu and they take down Blachu, leaving him in a bloody mess, accompanied by a tweet-tweet sound effect commonplace in cartoons. The comic closes with a fake ad for a call service that would send one of the two single men in the world a beautiful girlfriend or a monkey. In May 2006, Christian attained a CAD degree after five years of study, even though it should have only taken two. For the graduation ceremony, he decided to wear the robe from his high school graduation instead. Now that Christian received this qualification, this made him more likely to get a job and advance his life towards building up a career, doing what he loved, and possibly even realizing his wish for the Sonichu franchise to become a dignified reality, making his dream come true.